0: Well, as you probably spotted, we're thinking about light this evening, and the readings have been tracing um, some of the theme of light and darkness through the Bible story. I wonder if you've ever been in pitch darkness. I mean darkness that's so deep that no matter how long you wait, your, light, your eyes just don't adjust to it at all. I remember once um, in secondary school, it's probably the kind of story that Heather would tell me not to tell if I told her in advance, but I'm going to. Um... I was in the bathrooms, and I think I must have been just getting some thinking time or something, because I, I discovered something. And that was that if you stayed in there long enough, the lights turned off. And this was in the middle of a building, so there were no windows, um, and the door shut very firmly, and it was sealed all the way around. So when the lights went off, you really couldn't see anything at all. And it was only about maybe five minutes or so before someone else came in, but it was so disorienting to be completely in the dark. To not be able to see anything at all. Now imagine that, but in a place that you don't know. And you've no idea what's around you. You can't step because you might step on a banana skin or fall into a pit or into a bear trap. You can't put your hand down anywhere because might, there might be a knife there or an, a wild animal. You've you no idea. You can't do anything in the dark. That's the picture that the Apostle John picks up on in that reading from John chapter 1 that we had. The picture that the Bible uses. um, The Bible uses light and dark in the same way that we use it sometimes. Light being about life and about joy and about blessing and goodness. And life and darkness being about sadness and confusion, even death. And John uses that picture to describe our situation without God. Being in darkness, complete darkness, with no one to come and turn the light on, no one to give us life. Living in God's world without knowing God and without knowing his presence and his blessings. Being spiritually dead with nothing to bring us to life. And um, the way the Bible uses it is that if we're not Christians, if, we're not, if we don't know Jesus, if we're not in a relationship with Jesus, actually that's our state. Ultimately, our spiritual state being without God and without his life. But even as Christians, if that describes you, we still experience darkness in our lives. We're still in a world characterized by darkness. And that hits us in different ways. It might be the circumstances of life. Someone we love gets ill. We fail an exam. We lose a job financial difficulties hit. Or it might be about the future. You can feel confused, feel like you can't see what's going to happen in the future, you don't know how things are going to work out, and that's scary. Sometimes it's other people who are against us. Sometimes it's seeing darkness in ourselves. You see something in yourself you didn't know you were capable of, you didn't know was in you, and that feels hard. Even if we're not In that spiritual sense that the Bible talks about, in darkness, separated from God, not knowing Jesus, we can still be affected by spiritual darkness in the world. Well, John tells us about a man who, in the words of that story, was light. He didn't just have some light, he didn't look like light, he was light. And we see in the first few verses of that reading from, from John, in the beginning was the Word, that's Jesus. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He came from God, he was God. We know it's talking about Jesus and we know that Jesus came as a physical man, as a, as a human being. So why is John talking about light? Jesus wasn't a ball of light, why is he talking about light? Well, think a couple of reasons. So firstly, it's the language of revelation. It's the language of light shining and showing us what is there and what is true. Jesus came to show us what God is like and to give us true truth about who God is. But also think about what happens when a light comes into a dark place. It doesn't keep the light to itself. It shines it, it spreads it, and other things light up. And so when John says the true light that brings light to everyone was coming into the world, the light that shines, when he says... In him was light, and that light was the life of all mankind. When Jesus comes into spiritual darkness, he spreads life. John tells us in his gospel, Jesus has life in himself. And he doesn't keep that to himself. Where Jesus comes, things start coming alive. So John's using this image of light. Jesus is telling us true who God is. But also bringing God's life to people who are separated from it. And in this passage, there are three things this light does. If you've got um, your Bibles, if you want to have it open to page 1063, if you've got one of the church Bibles, John chapter 1, then you can follow along. Firstly, in verse 9, the light enters our darkness. John says about Jesus, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. From the readings that we had you saw that as human beings we put ourselves into darkness we didn't want relationship with god we didn't want him in charge of us and so we rejected him and we ran off and hid like adam and eve hiding in the garden and god could have left us in darkness but he didn't he enters our darkness jesus with his fullness of grace and truth his glory invades the darkness He comes into lives that have been darkened by sin because they've rejected God. And do you see the movement there? He enters the darkness. The movement is completely from Him to us. It's not that the darkness was there crying out for light, it's not that the darkness was looking for anything. No. He comes into our darkness. Christmas isn't about us looking for blessing, and looking around, who who will give us some light, it's that the light has come to us. We weren't looking, we've been found. He enters the darkness, he knows, that means he knows the darkness. Jesus, we're told here, the word became flesh. If you know the word incarnation, it means he became fleshy, he became meaty. He took a body that was capable of... That well, they needed to eat, they needed to sleep, they could get tired, they could get sick, a body that could bleed. He knows the darkness. Whatever our experience, there is nothing that Jesus has not known and experienced, and that means that the darkness in our lives is not all there is. You know, for some of us, it's, it feels at times like that's all we can focus on, but it's not all there is if you're here and you're not a christian sometimes christmas can be a a lonely time it can be a, a dark time it can be a time when you realize things that are wrong in the world things that are wrong in your life that you'd like to be different and christmas well that's best hope is that's a good distraction you've got presents you've got tinsel you've got games you've got things that can just take you out of yourself john's saying no there is light in jesus if you are a christian but maybe your focus has just kind of gone from Jesus and you're trapped in just negative cycles of thinking and the dark things in your life are all you feel you can focus on. That's not where you're meant to be looking because the light has entered the darkness and he is the answer to everything that is dark in this world and in our lives. And he can change our experience of it if we look to him and trust in him. That's the first thing, the light enters our darkness. Secondly, the light exposes our darkness. Maybe you've been to the dentist and you sit in the chair and they rock you backwards to make you feel vulnerable and in their power and then they shine a light on you. And it's not a nice light. It's a harsh light, a bright light, a blinding light, the kind of UFO beaming someone up from the earth kind of a light. It's there so they can see all the imperfections, so they can see exactly what's going on in your mouth and then drill away at it. Now imagine that you're choosing somewhere to go for a first date. You pick somewhere with soft light, a, a nice golden glow, low light, because you don't want them to see the blemish on your face. You don't want them to see that your hairline is receding, or that you've got that bit of foo stuck to your jumper, and you've only just noticed and you can't get it off. So you want a nice, gentle light. Sometimes we don't want too much light. The darkness can be kind. Forgiving, we can go and hide in it and not let other people see, not let God see. And so when Jesus comes in with a light, actually that exposes us and we don't like it. As fallen creatures, we love low light conditions. If you Look at verses 10 and 11. It says, he, Jesus, was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And the verse that Dan read from later in John's Gospel. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men prefer darkness because their deeds were evil. Jesus exposes us. He's threatening. He doesn't let us believe good things about ourselves. doesn't let us believe we are who we want to be. And the closer you get to Jesus, the more uncomfortable you become. And so we push back on Jesus. And we say, no, no, I'm, I'm not that bad. I'm not like that. Maybe even we turn being a Christian into a list of things we've got to do and performance and trying to earn God's favor and, well, I'm going to be better now. If you're not sure whether that's you or not, well, look at your relationships with other people. If you work really, really hard for other people to like you or you're terrified of failure or you have to hide what you're really like from other people or you're driven by the need to succeed or to have wholeness and acceptance from other people or in being good or being needed and it's like there's a darkness inside you and you're trying to light little candles of your own goodness and performance to try and fill that and make that okay but actually what you need is for Jesus to expose you and John says to those who, who did receive him who believed in his name he gave the right to be children of God and that's a free gift that's just his grace, nothing we earn, nothing we do. But it's only for those who will stand in Jesus' light and let him expose them for what they are. So if you've never done that, let Jesus expose you. Come into Jesus' light. And admit, in light of who he is, his goodness, his purity, his him being the son of God, then we're not what we should be. He shows us up. Or maybe you, ha- again, you're a Christian, you have said that at some point, but you're frantically rushing around, lighting candles everywhere, instead of letting Jesus' light shine onto you. Come to Jesus again this Christmas. Let him expose you. Admit what John the Baptist said just a few verses after this reading. He said, I am not the Messiah, I am not the light. I was meeting with a few of the the student staff here at the church earlier this week doing a little review of the kind of culture of the student ministry here at the church. And we thought, we are not good at this. We're not good at admitting our own darkness. We're not good at admitting who we are. And that's scary, but it's so liberating. Because it means you don't have to perform. You don't have to earn anything from God. You don't have to be or do anything. You just have to be willing to let Jesus take you as you are, to heal you, To forgive you. To realize that anything good about you only comes in his love for you. That you have no redeeming features. Only his redeeming love. The light enters our darkness. The light exposes our darkness. Thirdly, the light overcomes our darkness. But then at verse 5, John says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. If you're in a dark room and you turn on a torch, what happens? It becomes light. It it chases away the darkness. Or you light a match. The same thing happens. The darkness goes, it's pushed back. But batteries run out. Matches burn down. It's only temporary. Someone described... um, human existence as like a bird that is flying through the night and then flies into the window of a building and there's warmth and there's light and there's noise just for a second and then it flies out again into the night a brief period of light followed by darkness the world heading towards darkness the burning down of hope but john says in this passage not this light not this light the light shines in the darkness And the darkness has not overcome it. What he's doing here, there's a a bit of a play that he's got going on between creation and salvation. So he's, he's talking about, at the very beginning in Genesis, we had that read, where God said, let there be light, and light shone in the darkness. It pushed back the darkness, and it hasn't stopped shining since. He's saying that is a picture of what happens when Jesus comes into our darkness. When Jesus comes into a dark world, he doesn't get snuffed out darkness cannot overcome him or a different illustration i don't know whether some of you have seen the new star wars film in the star wars saga you've got the, the force that kind of the good side and the, the bad side the, the light and the dark in this kind of eternal struggle and every film it's a new story just a new iteration of that same thing light versus dark and hooray luke blows up the death star Woo! but then they're back and the dark side's back and it just keeps on going keeps on going keeps on going the cynic in me says so there can be another sequel With Jesus, there is no sequel. With Jesus, there can be no sequel. He's not just the latest um, episode in light versus darkness. The light comes into the darkness and defeats it. In Hebrews chapter 2, the writer says, Since the children have flesh and blood, us, he, Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. I know it's Christmas, but if we look forward briefly to Easter, Jesus came (coughs) not only to be light in our darkness, but to die. And in his death, someone's written, he makes death to disappear from us as utterly as straw from fire. He defeats the ultimate darkness, What's described in Isaiah is that shroud that covers all peoples. He swallows up death in his death. And so if you're simply trusting Jesus, then you're united to him, joined to him, and no longer under darkness, no longer under the fear of death. And that's true right now. Right now, as we're experiencing still the brokenness of this world, still the darkness of sin out there and inside us, Jesus has defeated the darkness. And because of that, there's a future that has no darkness in it. We heard those words from Isaiah as Isaiah looked forward. He said, the sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set again, and your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of sorrow will end. The end of the story of humanity, the end of your story, is not the night and the cold. It's not the batteries running out. It's not the match burning down. It's not the bird flying out. It's not the night but the dawn. And that changes everything. That changes our experience of anything that is dark in this life. To know that it's passing and the true light's already shining. To know the night is almost over and the day is already here the light overcomes our darkness that's the end of the story and that means that the darkness now may be ever so deep but it will not overcome the light it will not overcome those who walk in the light because the light jesus has already defeated it i don't know what christmas is like for you it might be a time of family tension a time of uncertainty a time when you know stuff inside yourself that you don't like. It can be a time of hope. This Christmas, as you see the light coming into the darkness, as you look a little bit forward and see his defeat of darkness at the cross, and then as you look forward again and see the end of darkness. So, among the business and the stress and the arrangements and the rearrangements and the last minute shopping and the hassles, turn to Jesus. Turn to the light. Let him expose you if that's needed. But turn to him and trust in him. Because the baby you see on Christmas Day, one day you will see him if you trust him. And it won't be by the reflected light of the sun or a torch or anything else, but by his light. His radiance, beauty, glory. Beams of that from his face as they shoot out and meet your eyes. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not and will not overcome it. Let's take a moment and let's reflect on those things. Let's think about all that God has done in sending his son and just respond in our own hearts as we need to. Well, let's take a moment to pray together. I'm going to start by using the words of a Puritan prayer. O source of all good, what shall I render to you for the gift of gifts, your own dear son? Here is wonder of wonders. He came below to raise me above, was born like me that I might become like him. Here is love. When I cannot rise to him, he draws near on wings of grace to raise me to himself. Here is power. When deity and humanity were infinitely apart, he united them in indissoluble unity, the created and the uncreated. Here is wisdom. When I was undone with no will to return to him and no intellect to devise recovery, he came God incarnate, to save me to the uttermost. As man, to die my death, to shed satisfying blood on my behalf, to work out a perfect righteousness for me. O oh God, take me in spirit to the watchful shepherds and enlarge my mind. Let me hear good tidings of great joy, and hearing, believe, rejoice, praise, adore, My conscience bathed in an ocean of rest. My eyes uplifted to a reconciled father. Place me with ox, donkey, camel, goat. To look with them upon my redeemer's face. And in him account myself delivered from sin. Let me with Simeon clasp the newborn child to my heart. Embrace him with undying faith. Exulting that he is mine and I am his. In him you have given me so much that heaven can give no more. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are indeed the light of the world. Come into a world of darkness. Come into our own darkness of our own hearts. Thank you that you took the initiative and you came into a dark world. Not only to be with us there, but to overcome our darkness. To take our sin on yourself to remove death from us, to take away the curse of sin and the fear of death, to give us a wonderful and glorious future. And so we bring to you the areas in our lives where we do experience darkness still, whatever that might be. Help us this Christmas to turn to you again in faith. Help us to to know that that is not all there is. It's not all our experience of this life needs to be. Help us to turn to you and experience the forgiveness that you bring, the peace and the joy that comes from knowing you. Father God, for many of us, some of those things that burden us are other people. People who we love. People who perhaps are ill and who we're worried about father we lift them up to you now in our hearts we pray for physical healing and we pray for your light to enter their hearts if they do not already know you Lord, we do pray for those not just those who are ill, but all those who who we know who are dear to us who do not yet know jesus You know our desires for them, that they would come to know you, that they would see the light of Jesus and run to him. And so we pray, as far as we know them, your own desires back to you, that you'd be glorified in mercy, that you would, in patience, um, bring them to a knowledge of you, and please, if we have a part to play in that over this Christmas season, then please let us see that, let us do that with boldness and gentleness. And Father, we want to pray as a church for those of us who are connected with our church, for mission partners who are um, not at home, who are away uh, on the mission field over this Christmas. Lord, we pray that in those different places that you would be with them, that you would Bring them great joy and comfort. And Father, we pray for ourselves, for our families, our situations, our households. We pray that as we celebrate Christmas, that you'd be glorified. That you would be front and center. That Christmas for us and places where we are would not just be about festive celebration of um, family and gifts and the wonderful things that they are but it would be about your son the light coming into the darkness and we pray these things in his name amen